welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I am your host, the right-wing radical, Matt Jordan. And you are welcome. Today we're talking about the psyche of the Davos cult. Who dominates it and who actually believes it all? As usual, you can find buttons and links to support the P4B, along with ways to share and do subscribe. This is another of my multimedia extravaganzas. You can read or listen to the audio. Then click on the video linked at the end of the text. My New Year's resolution, there's a footnote, is to bring you more content, more variety, and more fun. But that was tempered by my quest, which is the utter rejection of the Davos WEF cult and the people who stand behind it. I am at war with these people. Before you go on to the video, consider the following. It's important. Indirectly, the video raises a few questions for which I will posit some preemptive answers. But I will start with another question. What is the psyche, the innermost self, of the Davos slash WEF cult? When you have all the money you want, but you have not found real quality in yourself, where do you turn? What's next? The obvious answer is seeking power for its own sake. If you have money, you have power. If you have power, the money follows. So the only next step is excess. The video alludes to something very obvious in the case of the Davos crowd. Offense. Look at the people near the galactic center of the cult. John Curry, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, the Bonnie King Charlie, and that knob Al Gore. All these men have been personally offended. They all feel that they are superior beings, and any offense they have ever experienced is unjust and will be offset, perhaps someday, even punished. This type of personality would not be satisfied saying, well, I built a big company. I'll use my money altruistically and help the world with X problem. No. For a rich guy who still feels an irrational need to prove himself because he was somehow offended in his life and the money hasn't compensated, naked power is an aphrodisiac. Klaus Schwab has always been labeled as the son of a Nazi. That's because he was the son of a Nazi. <laughs> Since the inception of the Davos cult, he has truly earned the pejorative. The more extreme his pursuits, the more people see him correctly as a crazy German who wants to dominate the world. Now he's offended again. So the offense is constant and cyclical. The cycle of offense and compensation is aggravated by his weird propensity for dressing like a Klingon. John Kerry and that knob Al Gore both spent their lives in close proximity to the locus of power. Sometimes they were 
permitted by their betters to exercise some. But both were failed presidential candidates. Both were nakedly running for greater personal power versus honorable reasons. Both were seen as punchlines while they were still striving for the brass ring. Bill Gates has always been the human embodiment of Kermit the Frog. He also garnered quite a reputation for being brazenly underhanded in the building of his tech company. Ask historians who know IBM, Apple, and Xerox. Yes, Gates was to market, the firstest with the mostest, but a great deal of it wasn't his. What he didn't have to build the foundation of his company, he swiped. In at least one case, having warned Xerox, he had every intention of doing so. Weird. What his real experts couldn't noodle out to scale up, he bought outright as a footnote. He has had to deal with the reputation and the nerd image all his life. Gates is an especially interesting case among the Davos cultists. He has succeeded in creating an image of himself through slick marketing and PR as a big-hearted philanthropist. He has risen above the hustle and bustle of business. Yeah, right. Bill is still buying up farmland alongside, if not in collusion with, the Chinese communists. He's trying his best to cripple his future competition, farmers. He intends to peddle his fake meat, his bugs, his GMO crap with the WEF, the EU, the UN, the U.S. government, and many others acting as his marketing agents and bagmen. So far, of the cast above, I think it is probably correct to say that Schwab, Kerry, and Gates are the cynical ringleaders nakedly seeking domination over others with their eyes wide open. That knob, Al Gore, is a bit of a hybrid of true believer and carnival barker for the cult. You can't make public pronouncements as loud and as stupid as his, for example, a billion climate refugees, without believing at least some of the propaganda to begin with. Still, he is cynical enough to make tons of money from bullshit investment pass-throughs to siphon off government green scam money or do, quote, sustainable investment pump and dumps. Then you have the true believers, similarly motivated. King Chuck is the ultimate example of the perpetually offended, insanely entitled celebrity that surrounds the cult. He now sits on a throne he clearly doesn't respect himself. Most of his obligations are ceremonial. He is told he can't have an opinion lest he shake the constitutional monarchy. He is the perfect rube. As certain as the sunrise, the London establishment will deeply regret that Elizabeth didn't abdicate in favor of William. I regret it already, and I'm not even British. The wider world is crawling with acolytes, like Charles, believing or exploiting the cult plan. Of all the true believers, it can be said that they seek daily to be offended by real life and cling to the concept of life being centrally planned by their gods and celebrity heroes. Of the cynical, of course, we know they think by pushing an agenda, they might get a few crumbs fall their way when their betters are fully in the catbird seat. Sadly, that latter bunch will be disappointed. 
90% of them will work and plot and protest and argue, only to end up serfs like the rest of us. Enjoy the video below the subscribe line, perhaps after you subscribe. More to follow.